Welcome to Persisters, an all-female live show and podcast. Each episode showcases one artist. You'll hear their performance from our live show, followed by an interview with us, Beth Rowe and Alex Kern. Please listen and please subscribe. Uh, this is a talk on boundaries. I took the theme very literally. Hi, I'm Evan, and I'm a recovering people pleaser. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Um, So first, a story. About five years ago, when I was living in Washington, D.C., one of my best girlfriends was in med school in Baltimore. And I went to visit her one night, uh, and that is the first time I met her roommate and one of her med school classmates. We'll call him Patrick, uh, because that's his real name. Patrick had a jawbone that looked like it was made with a fucking protractor, like serious 90 degree angle. He had dark messy hair and thick brows and bright green eyes and he was tall and lean but muscular at the same time like that swimmer's build. And did I mention he was going to be a doctor? Yeah, so our our electrical current between us was undeniable, and um, when I ended up in his bed a few hours later, our physical chemistry was fire. It was the sexiest, steamiest, most passionate, explorative, in-tune night of my life. Um, We also talked. We, We did. We shared stories about our childhoods and Um, We connected on a deep level and we laughed a lot and we just clicked. We clicked. And so we both said it felt like a lot more than a hookup. Um, I went back to D.C. and we would visit each other every couple of months. For the most part, that meant me driving to Baltimore, you know, based around his crazy med school schedule, sometimes getting there at 11 p.m. when he'd get home from the hospital. And we'd spend 24 glorious hours entwined And then we would continue to text and Snapchat and um, sometimes even talk on the phone for a couple of weeks after that until he would inevitably fade out or just suddenly go MIA completely. And that would cue my anxiety and I'd be checking my phone obsessively and looking back at our recent text messages trying to figure out what went wrong trying to figure out what I said or what I did or how I could fix this. Um, And then as the days and weeks went by, I would start to accept that this was over and I would, you know, come to terms with it. And just as I was fully letting go, he would text me. And, And so I'd ask him, you know, the first time I said, what happened? What's the deal here? And he said, um, you know, I'm, I'm just not able to handle commitment. Um, I feel like you have all of these expectations and hopes and that I'm going to disappoint you, let you down. Um, He said, you know, I freak out when I get close to people and I'm I'm a lone wolf. Like he literally, he literally said that he is a lone wolf. And that, (laughs) that turned me on even more and I don't know why. That's a whole nother talk I'll have to come back for. So I, I said to him, what, when did I say I needed a commitment? When did I don't have expectations of you, but I did. 
And, um, you know, I was like, I'm so chill. I am the easiest breeziest, but I'm not. I'm not. And, um, you know, I said, well, it's not like I'm looking for a husband. I was. I still am. And so I, um, you know, I was like, this can be casual, and, and you can call when you want to call, and I'll be around, and we can see each other when it works for you. And in fact, let me come to Baltimore this weekend, and we'll have just the sexiest time, and it will all be better. And so I did, and it was, and then a couple weeks later, the cycle would start all over again. Um, a year, a year, you guys, of this, this crazy making situationship. Um, until I finally got fed up and I found my self-worth and I got clear on my needs and my boundaries and I stood up for myself and I spoke my truth and I walked away. Right? Um, thank you. Thank you. No, I'm just kidding. That's not how it ended. Um, it, it ended when I sent him a... Um, sexy Snapchat, and he never, ever responded. Um, that is true. And so um, a couple of months later, I, I saw our, our mutual friend, my girlfriend, and I told her this embarrassing story of how this ended, and she let me know that he had started dating someone at med school, and they were now in a committed relationship, so we're Super happy for them. Um, and, and you know, I, I think we're all on Team Evan here, and I super appreciate that. Um, it means a lot to me. Thank you. But before we villainize Patrick, um, I, I need to point out that, you know, he was, he was crystal clear about his boundaries, right? both in his words and in his actions. And I was the one who was in denial or lying or both about mine. And so looking back on that time, while it's really tempting for me to, to feel regretful, to um, even feel ashamed of the fact that I stayed participated in that nauseating roller coaster ride and that I bent over backwards, literally, you know, trying to <laughs> accommodate his boundaries. Um, thank you. That, that I, you know, I, I, I let his needs um, determine everything and, and made mine non-existent. Um, while that's tempting, what I've come to learn is that I think sometimes we need to dishonor our own boundaries repeatedly um, for us to actually figure out what the fuck they are. So, so now, as a professional dating coach, <laughs> it's true, is that surprising? Um, you know, I get to empower my clients and my community with the learnings that took me a little longer than I would have liked to fully realize and embody. Um, and so I want to wrap up tonight on a little more serious note um, and share some of my, my kind of big boundary learnings with you. So the first is that um, boundaries are not negative. 
they are not meant to punish people. They are not uh, walls that we set up to keep other people out. Boundaries are simply the standards of treatment of what feels okay and doesn't feel okay for each of us. Uh, boundaries are fluid, meaning we can change our minds at any point, right? That includes when you're already naked with someone and then you're just suddenly not into it anymore for whatever reason. You can set a boundary. Um, and that includes when you said you would do something casual and then it stops feeling good. Um, number three is that healthy relationships have healthy boundaries. And while that might sound obvious to some of you, it took me a while to figure that one out. I, I thought for a long time that um, once you were in a committed long-term relationship that we could just throw all of our boundaries out the window, right? We become boundaryless. Um, and in reality, I've come to learn that, that when you're in a partnership, um, it's even more crucial that we honor our own boundaries around self-care and our core values, our priorities, our sexuality, our communication needs, right? Mm -hmm. that, that love can't exist without healthy boundaries. Um, four is that when we honor our own boundaries, we feel safe, we feel self-loving, and that actually allows us to be more free, to be more generous, to be more explorative and playful and fun because we're, we can release the fear of losing ourselves in the process. Um, and five, it's no one else's job to anticipate or mind read what your boundaries are, right? It's, it's on each of us to figure that out to speak it, to share it, to invite people to meet us where we are. Boundaries are how we teach people how to treat us. And finally, our boundaries, our needs, our desires, that is our truth. And your truth is legitimate. Your truth is valid. Your truth is never wrong. It's never too much to ask, and it deserves to be spoken. Thank you. Hello. Welcome back to Persisters. I'm Beth Rowe. I'm Alex Kern. And we're here with Evan Rose. Hello. How are you? I'm so good. Good. Now, quick question. Is that a real name or a stage name? It's a real name in that it's my first and middle name. Oh, okay. Right. It's a stage name in that my last name is boring. Okay. that's What is your last name? <laughs> it's Lipman. Also, it's very hard to say Lipman mm, and not people mm. think it's Litman. Uh, and then right. it's a whole thing. So I just... Evan, Evan, Rose. Evan Rose does sound like... It's a, you sound right. like a character from like the OC. Yes. Oh, I wish. Oh my God, Evan Thank Rose. you. That's my she's fantasy. Like new. She's yeah. like the new freshman. No, no, no. She's a transfer student. Yes. Yeah, she she's, came in as a junior. She's from Napa. She's from Napa. Yeah. Evan wrote, wow, she's from Napa. Yeah. But like her parents are hippies and they like do a lot of drugs. But she becomes really good friends with the family that's like very, like just like more like the Cleaver family. Sure, because she just right. wants a little bit of normalcy. Yeah, she wants some structure. So yeah. they do a lot of sleepovers and yeah. Seth Cohen is my number one, my number one celebrity crush. Oh really? So really? this is really on point. What's it, Aiden Brody? Is that his name? 
I get them no, confused. Adam Brody. Adam, Adam Brody. Brody. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Ugh. She's offended. He's Adam. She was. <laughs> I was taken aback. Get it, Adam. Get a second. You were very great. much like a natural storyteller. I was like, oh, she does this all the time. But apparently you don't. I don't. But you so used I to. I so appreciate that. Yeah, I, I used to do theater. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes so much sense. I used to do theater. So I, I have no, you know, hesitation about public speaking. But I have not, until really the Persisters show, done any storytelling around my own stories. Right? So it was a wow. different experience for me being that kind of vulnerable and transparent and just just being like, does anyone think this is as interesting and entertaining as I do yes. when I was practicing yes. in the car on the way over and making myself laugh? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. What's it like being in LA and not being in the entertainment industry? It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, by the time I moved to LA, I was already out of that world. Yeah. Um, and, and truly, I don't think I could have handled... <laughs> The industry here, sure. I'm I'm not very competitive, mm. um, and I get intimidated. I, I honestly just feel in awe and intimidated by by people who are in that world here. I, I love am going too, to and I'm, I'm in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. not competitive, <laughs> like, and I'm intimidated I, by I everybody. Think you, I think you are, but like in a good way. I feel like I could be more competitive. You think I'm mm. competitive? I do. Oh. Yeah, okay. I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like definitely competitive about some things in my life, like sports. Mm. If I wasn't in entertainment, would I like living in LA? And I don't know mm. the answer to that. Mm. I think so. I love it. I mean, I'm also on the West Side where That's I right. feel like I'm a little oh. removed, right? So the people around me, for the most part, are either in tech or... I just connect up with so many people in personal development because that's my world. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's like I barely s see the entertainment side of the city aside from when I go to shows or go to comedy shows. Or <laughs> I'm, I'm curious how you got from uh, how you started your business. Mm, okay. How did you start your business? Yeah. So I, I went through a certification to become a life coach. So I yes. initially started How out. How did that start though? Like ooh, where, okay. like it's college, DC, like what were you doing before that? So when I was born. <laughs> Perfect. Both my How parents were therapists. No. Really? <laughs> so yeah. So there's, there's kind of been like, I was introduced to that whole idea very early on and grew up talking a lot about feelings and and just going deep yeah. right so when I went to I went to college for theater but I did a psychology minor I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do with that per se but I I just had a feeling that I'd get back to it at some point yeah. um, and so then I kind of did the theater thing and then moved more into I did some non-profit stuff still in the arts winding path. Did you do the theater thing in DC, New York? New York. New York. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, but I, but I pretty quickly figured out that that wasn't my lifestyle and that I, I love theater so much. And I one day have a fantasy of getting back to doing it just in a fun capacity. Sure. Um, but yeah, I just was like, there's so many things I'm interested in doing as a career that I feel like unless you're so 100% committed to doing theater and making mm -hmm. that your life, you're not, right? Like, you have to be all in. Yes, 150. Yeah, yeah. So I <laughs> I bowed out. And um, and then, 
yeah, maybe maybe four years ago is when I had the life coaching. I, I had so many friends make the same joke over and over after we would talk on the phone or I'd help them process something and they'd be like, well, you should be charging for this, right? Like you're my, you're my unofficial therapist or my unofficial coach. Yeah. Hmm. And I was like, Ooh, could I charge for that and mm-hmm. make that? Because that's what is so fulfilling to me and so fun and interesting. Sure. Especially because it comes naturally to you. You don't mm-hmm. even have to force it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I then got certified as a coach. I, it, it all happened very quickly. I quit my corporate job within like a month of getting certified without having clients, without having a niche, without having a website. I just was like, wow. I feel really called to do this and had a bizarre amount of trust that whatever you want to call it, the universe had my back or just I could make this happen. And, um, and then kind of in my first year of business and working with women in wherever they were getting stuck in their lives. So again, just being a super general life coach is when I started feeling like, okay, what really lights me up is working with women around dating, love life, self-love, interpersonal sure. stuff. Is I have a question about yeah. that. Is that because dating for women is so or like whenever if there's like a hang up somewhere it's a hang up within yourself is that accurate do you think I I do I mean I think a lot of it comes down to internal sure blocks um more so than like you know we tend to blame external factors whether that's our city which is so every every woman I talk to every new client wherever in the world she is, she's like, oh, it's my, my city mm-hmm. is where it's impossible to say, right? So LA is funny. the worst. New York's the worst. My little town in the Midwest is the worst. You know, Tel Aviv is the worst. Somebody did explain to me, though, that dating in LA, the challenging part about dating in LA or dating in a city where people are trying to climb a ladder of some mm. sort, whether it's jobs or social, what have you, it's challenging because when the mentality is everyone's looking for the next best thing, they carry that into like a lot of other aspects of their lives. So mm. I, I don't, I like, I'm just wondering. Like when you're at a bar, I mean, this is just what I think when you're at a bar and you're talking to someone and you feel like they're looking over you the whole time, kind of. Yeah. But or like, like that you way date. professionally. Where it's yeah. like, oh, what have you done? It's the same oh. thing about like uh, representation, right? It's like, well, I don't want to be tied down to this person if then somebody else great comes along. Mm-hmm. So then that, but then also that could be, you don't have to live in LA to have those feelings about your love life, right? You could be like in totally, totally Boise well, for sure. Um, and I also listen, like I, I totally believe and have personally experienced that there are challenges here and and just unique challenges to any given city so I'm not saying like oh no it's fantastic dating in LA and everyone is really open and looking for something real and connected um but there are people who are yeah right and it's like if we a we have to take personal responsibility for being like am I looking for the next best thing and and not investing in anyone because I'm like going right back to the apps or feeling like there's endless possibilities. So I'm never going to really let someone in and we can take responsibility for shifting that. And, and B, if we have the mindset of, 
everyone in my city is just looking for X, Y, Z, that will, will create that reality for ourselves. Sure. Right. Like we'll find those people who align with that belief or that fear. Yeah. So we also have to kind of be careful to not to be Pollyanna about it. We can be realistic and say like, yeah, there are people here who aren't going to be a great fit for us or who are, you know, have a, have a mentality about dating and relationships that does not align with me looking for something really quality and lasting. Sure. Um, and let me kind of not focus too much on them, let them do their own thing and hone in on, on really trying to connect with the people out there who are looking for something awesome. What's the first thing you do with a client when they come with you? you is it like in, you have an interview with them to figure out what's going on in their life or what is it? Yeah, so we do, I do, um, hour-long consults before I bring on a new client. Sure. So we get a lot out in the open just in that initial conversation, and we're basically going through... Um, I always have them share with me what their what their vision is, right? Like what they really desire, what they really want in their love lives. Because, And a lot of times I ask that and people are like, oh, that's, that's way harder to answer than what I don't want. Sure. Right. And like what hasn't been working for me, we don't really give ourselves a lot of space to spend thinking about our desires, especially in a way that isn't where we're not like interrupting ourselves and, and dumbing it down and being like, but I don't know if that's realistic or I don't know if I deserve that or. Yeah. So, I, was, I was just thinking, was yeah. like, oh, I, that has to come from a place of feeling like that you deserve Not worthy the things or, you want. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So we get clear on like, okay, what's the ultimate, you know, ultimate vision, then personal goals. Right. So, um, it's like as a coach, sure. I would love to see you. And it's so exciting seeing clients meet their person and start beautiful relationships and move in together. But I personally care more about helping women feel, feel whatever they want to be feeling internally. So building confidence, right? I want to feel like I can let my guard down and be vulnerable with people. I want to have a lot of, a lot more clarity around how to navigate all of this modern dating stuff or know who's going to be a great fit for me. Or I want to release the, the angst of my past. Um, right. So we get clear on like, what are all of those little, not so little goals along the way? Yeah. And then identifying, okay, so like what's everything that's getting in your way, right? Mindset stuff, uh, the way that you're feeling about yourself, the confusion, the pattern, what are your patterns? Why have those been, why is that repeating for you, right? What do we need to shift internally and in your behavior, your choices to break that and help you create a future that doesn't look like your past. Right. I feel like so many people I know will say something like, oh, I want, I want to start dating or I want to find a person and then have like the most regimented schedule mm. and be like, how, and, and then they complain about not. There's no room for. Yeah. Well, if you don't life. make yeah. room or change some things around. Yeah. I see that a lot. I work a lot with women who are really high achievers like crushing it in their careers, have awesome friendships, you know, got their fitness health on lock. And, and to your point, like their life is just really full and that's awesome, obviously. Um, but it, it can mean, 
either that there's not really room for someone else, that you're not, for whatever reason, allowing yourself to make dating a a priority or just even a be intentional about it. Yeah. And sometimes we do that to distract ourselves from what, right? Like we can be avoiding. It's scary. It's scary. Sure. Yeah. It's scary. Well, it's also like something with your a lot of like job and career stuff is in your control and you can make the yeah. changes and it'll affect you like positive, negative, move, learn, fail, succeed. But with dating, it's so different because you kind of just have to open yourself up to like to not knowing mm-hmm. what's going to happen. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. We have to a big part of my work too is like there, there is so much more that's in our control than we think. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not all of it for sure. We can't control how other people respond to us or if he asks you out again, but we can control again, like our, our mindset going into it, our energy, the way we reframe things for ourselves, how we respond, how we communicate, yeah. um, who we're choosing, how we're taking care of ourselves. So it's like, um, empowering ourselves to to really get in the driver's seat of mm-hmm. our dating lives and take a more proactive and and just affirming approach where you're where we're not avoiding or we're not just like waiting and seeing who shows up and feeling like we're being dragged around yeah. in this whole mess and then to your point surrendering the attachment to the outcome of any given date sure. or any given situation. I wish I had known all of these things so long yeah. ago. Because <laughs> I look back and I think also it's like putting yourself in the places where you could meet a potential mm-hmm. mate. And I remember living in New York in my 20s and just like going out all the time and just being like, oh, maybe there'll be some cute boys out tonight. It's like, I'm not going to meet some dude at a bar. And like, granted, like I could, but like, why not open the place? Like, there are many other places where you can meet that person, you know? Right. And I it w- I feel like I had a very limited idea of where it could be, or at least I didn't open myself up to the other places. I feel I feel like the, the my social situations and gatherings and stuff are more, like, kind of community-based mm-hmm. and less about, like, the next person. Let's meet the next person. It's kind of, like, honing in on your... People that you want to surround yeah, yourself Yeah, and the with. people yeah. that I love and the people that, like, I'm, like, we're all building our lives kind of around each other. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like meeting people through communities like that. Totally. If you don't so want to do the dates, is so, like, the dating apps and stuff is, like, mm-hmm. I just remember. It's a way to do it. I told myself, I was, like, I bet my next relationship, I bet I've already met him. And I was just, like, really? Yes. And then, like. I use That's like so I, wow. but then I kind of like I always saw Facebook as kind of like a Rolodex of people that like you knew and you've met and like you kind of like can keep tab- you can find out if they're in a relationship, which according to Did the you social do that network, with Peter, uh huh. Did you really? Yeah, you like tracked him. Uh, yeah. That's oh my god, amazing. That's so but he had friended me on Facebook. What's it like for you dating? as a dating coach you're either like the worst person to date or the best person because you're like whatever I I mean I'm biased I would like to say I'm the best person right. to date yes um it's funny I don't so I really try when I first meet people or if it's on an app I say I'm a life coach I really try not to say dating coach or to have someone know that going into it um 
because I feel like, you know, I, I get the question a lot on first dates then, like, are you analyzing me? Is this just a case study sure. that you're going to go back and share yeah, with your community? Because sure. I do share a lot um, with my community. And, um, you know, I'm like, listen, when I'm on a date or, or in a situation with a guy, I, I, to the best of my ability, because this is also what I teach my clients, try to be really present in the experience and not in my head and not um, like censoring myself or adjusting my behavior to because I know the quote unquote things to do. It's like, that's not what my work's about. It's not mm -hmm. like say these things and you'll get the guy, right? Or like right. send him this text or wait this long. There's none of that. Right. So it's like I'm to the best of my ability being as authentic as I can be and present in the moment and open and honest and communicative. And, you know, I probably, I probably don't let situations linger as long as I used to because I'm clearer on what I'm looking smart. for. That's so, so that's smart. like, I feel like that's such an amazing takeaway from mm -hmm. that. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, I, like, I hear you. I know what you're saying. Move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So in that way, I mean, I don't know for the guys who obviously want a second date and I'm like, sorry. Um, but, but you know, it's like, I don't, what is that? Is it a text that like, yeah. uh, how do you say it? Hey, didn't feel like we had like, just curious. Yeah. So I would say, um, you know, thanks so much for the, for the drinks or whatever, the great date. Um, really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit. I'm just not feeling the romantic connection here that I need to move forward. Wishing you all the best. That's Perfect. great. Do you know what my aunt says on dating? Sites. What? If a guy reaches out and she's not interested, she says, no, thank you. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> Just that. Just Why no, thank you. Why on him in the first place? Well, I think it's like if somebody messages her or reaches out to her, I don't know what website she uses, but she said... She doesn't ignore anybody because she thinks that's rude. So she just says, no, hello, no, goodbye, no, thank you. I love that it's she doesn't great. think that's rude. <laughs> I know. I got a no, thank like, you text. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't, it made me laugh that's so, so good. Do you ever get ghosted? Have you been ghosted before? Isn't your story she about has being to ghosted? Think about it. Oh, yeah, kind of. You're right in that situation. No, I definitely have. I definitely have been ghosted. I feel like not recently is why I was thinking about that. Because I do think that when you... I, I also used to ghost people, Same. right? Mm. So when you are ghosting people, you can't be mad when people are ghosting you. That's right. how you're showing up. Right. right. When I, in the last few years since I made this my work, which also, by the way, focusing in on this niche came out of my own like, whoa, I have to figure all of my shit out because what I've been doing for a long time isn't working. Mm. So uh, in my own personal work of, of shifting all the things, including communicating a lot more honestly and kindly and not being, you know, being brave about not just not sending a text because that's the more comfortable thing to do. I have found that people have since then always communicated with me really honestly and kindly. So mm. I, I do totally believe that, right? What you're putting mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, for sure in the past I've been ghosted and you're right in my story. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of an extreme version because it was like a year in essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. 
<laughs> but I do think that's a that's a great point because it's kind of like I look back on relationships or even like flings or whatever that I've had in the past and I'm like why wasn't I it was like I had this fear of being honest or uh, being vulnerable sure of being yeah. like hey I like you felt like last night was weird can we talk about it or just like yeah. being a human I don't know and I feel like I had all this anxiety about being a certain way and like I had to perform and I had to be like and it's like no like people are attracted to people being real totally right? I mean totally well and that's where that's also how you create connection and intimacy right, right? Yeah. it's like if we're both not saying what we're feeling and thinking and we're just kind of hoping it gets better or hoping the other person reads our mind and adjusts accordingly, which is never going to happen because that's, you know, we can't put that responsibility on anyone else. I used to do that all the time. Oh, same. Yeah. I was like, why? Why? And I know I'm like, oh, that's fear. Right. Right. You'd like analyze it with your girlfriends and be like, Mm -hmm. I just wish he would, you know, it's really... talking to that person directly. Yeah, right. You'd have this... Right. Yeah. You'd process it and go on and on hours and hours and then he would text you and you'd be like, I'm fine. Yeah. And it's like, say to him what you said to us. Right. <laughs> Ask him about uh, his mixed signals. A, do you think that also translates into other relationships, that, like non-romantic ones? Yes. yes. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's been such a cool thing actually in my work is that I've, I've heard so much now from clients and especially the women who go through my group program that, that even though we're focusing on dating love life realm the all of this awareness and tools and and you know deepening our own vulnerability and emotional bravery has translated to improving friendships and family relationships and, and relationships at work and even right how they're showing up in their businesses it's like it's it's all yeah it's like transformational really mm-hmm. because I, I i forget who said it but it was something about Power, and this is slightly different, but same idea, I guess. It's like power in the bedroom translates to power in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you being able to say <laughs> yes or no, I'm not really into that. This is how I'm feeling. Then you can go out into the world and not be afraid to like say, I feel like I deserve a raise, or I feel, you mm-hmm. know, like XYZ. I feel like it really does overlap. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, it, being able to say, vocalize what you want and don't want. I, I feel like I'm kind of coming into my own power of being able to, like, not necessarily a boardroom per se, but like. I think I made up the boardroom part. No, but that it works. Yeah. Does it? Bedroom okay. to the boardroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you guys. We're can, all CEOs. You guys can call me on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it takes a. A while. I mean, I think it's been, for me too, it's been such a process and really only recently, and and it's still ongoing work for sure, Um, but to be able to speak up in that way and to, to worry less about making other people uncomfortable, right? For women especially, we have kind of that instinct to make sure that other people are going to receive us well and that we're not stepping on any toes and that we're not making anything awkward for anyone else. And how are they going to feel when I share this? And it's like, let them handle their side of the experience, Mm -hmm. right? Say Mm -hmm. what's true for you as much as you can in a kind, thoughtful way, but as much as you can. 
Did you find that um, curious about that? You went to an all-girls school. I did. Do you've, and I'm curious your relationships, I don't know anything about your relationship history, but if going to an all-girls school you felt like hindered or perhaps negatively impacted how you interact with men? I don't know. I have like three thoughts that came to mind. So in, in some ways, I think it helped in that just growing up, I felt really... Um, I had no, I had no qualms about like speaking my opinion in school about, I felt just really confident and supported in that community, which so personally, obviously that's, I think helped in how I've been able to show up in my relationships and just life. Um, as far as with men specifically, I was boy crazy, like boy (laughs) crazy. And I, I don't know if that's just my personality or if that. I'm sure some of that had to do with being deprived of boys or feeling deprived, right? Yeah, like doodling, names galore, um, just like... Like the guy's name we were talking about before. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. Our first and last names together, 100%. Um, Racing home to get on on aim, aim, you know, oh gosh, I told yeah. you, Beth, that I used to aim with Peter, right? No. Oh, that's, that's so in funny. like middle school. I mean, in like the most innocent way possible. Cause we went to Hebrew school together. That's so, but funny. I remember he was one of those names where I'd be like, Peter Moses is online. Yeah. You know, what's he's he? cool. He's yeah. cool. So funny. Um, yeah. So I was super boy crazed and I, I do think probably by, by high school I hung out with, you know, I, I met guys through just different community, whatever. Um, But I'm sure that not being around them day to day kind of heightened the, I don't know, excitement, pressure, need to to try to be like on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I for sure, I mean, I'm looking back, I'm like, you know, high school was fun and I don't have any regrets, but I'm also like kind of mortified when I think about the way that I <laughs> put myself out there or was like over the all. top flirting, just trying to get we attention. Were, we were all finding ourselves. Thank we're all you. teenagers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're not finding a lot. ourselves at all. It was yeah. a lot. Why did you ask that? You said Well, you because were- I think that I always, it's funny, my parents always thought that I would go to a co-ed school because I was like very comfortable around dudes and then I went to HB and I feel like I don't know. I mean, I loved my experience. I wouldn't change it. Um, I think it was very empowering to go to an all all girls school. But I also think that I don't know. I think I was very shy around boys. I felt like there was this expectation to be seen as um, a potential girlfriend. You know, not mm-hmm. just as like, oh, we can interact as just like friends. So it never felt normalized to me. And I think that I don't know. I I feel like that. I don't know if it held me back, but I feel like there was some sort of like growth stunting that happened in that capacity. So by the time I went to college, I was just like, how do you talk to boys? Oh, I have to get drunk. Right. You know, or I have to be really, once I'm comfortable, I'm like totally fine, but I'm very shy at first. It's so hard for me to imagine that knowing you now. That she'd be shy? Yeah. Yeah. Shy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My best friend was always all the boys were like in love with her and she was like a little hottie flirty. And then my sister was just like a model. And so it was always mm-hmm. just like, I'm not worthy. Yeah. And that is a really dangerous narrative that I stayed with me for a very long time. Yeah. So you kind of have to like squirrel yourself out of it. Yeah. You got to squirrel out of it. I always say that, you know, just squirrel yourself <laughs> squirrel. out of it. 
No, I mean, that's that's so spot on. You know, when we were talking about kind of the internal blocks, it's that's you were also asking what I do early on with clients. By the second session, usually one of the exercises we do is around rewriting your narrative mm-hmm. and and kind of redefining who you are now because we hold on to, you know, I have a client um, now who is is so awesome and she's like just completely shifted everything for herself. It's so badass. And mm. her, very similarly, her narrative was I'm, I'm the sidekick, right? Like she was the right. artsy girl who was like so funny and fun. Um, but in her mind, no one saw her as a romantic partner. Yeah. Um, right. Her friends were overshadowing her. She just, those insecurities, that storyline. Right. And so now she's this like high powered woman living in Manhattan. She's such a babe, but that was the story in her head. And so people respond, right. People respond to you in the way that you see yourself and the way you show up, Mm -hmm. you dress the way that you think you you, like you, you embody that character Mm -hmm. and then you get those results. And then, and then you're like, see, no one's into me. You've like prove yourself right, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so just in, in being like, whoa, that's my narrative that actually no longer fits me, but I've never taken the time to release it and figure out who I am now and what's the story I'm going to tell myself to move forward. And now she's like literally a magnet. Like people are coming up to her being like, you are an old coworker saw her and he was like, you are radiant. He was like, what is happening? Like this this was like three weeks into working together and she called me and she's like, what is happening? You know? (laughs) And she gets so excited to go out and put herself out there and she dresses differently and she just is like meeting people and she, she was like, I see possibilities everywhere. It's wild. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. After basically saying her dating life was non-existent for years. So it's like, she's just like opened herself up. Completely. completely to like every situation. Wow. She interacts with people differently. She, right? Like it's, it's so wild. The power of our Wait, own can you, will narratives. you talk to my, I was like, I have someone I want you to talk to in New York. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Connect us. Yeah, I will. Yeah. It, it's interesting how many, how many, and myself included for a very long time was like, nobody's interested. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, it's what, what I want. I can't have, yeah. um, or I don't have time for that. A silly mm-hmm. thing. Cause it's like, create these silly stories because sure. I don't know, fight or flight, like to do it for survival. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You feel safer. Yeah. Um, it's also, you know, my, the kind of story I used to tell myself, I think was, I had a little less of, I, I, I felt like people were interested in me enough or that I could whatever, get, get guys or date guys. But I did have a story around feeling like they were really interested in me for being this, um, I don't know, kind of like the, the, um, as perfect as I could be version of myself that I had to always be really positive and, that it was more also about attraction and being like, I have to, even in the story with, with the guy, right. From the show, like Mm -hmm. I have to be this, this super chill, really easy to date or no one's going to want to stick around. Yeah. Right. Like if I am too difficult, if I show that I have tough emotions or things I've been through, or if I, um, am not wanting to hook up with someone or sleep with someone right away, like any of those things I had in my head, like then I become, 
too challenging or too needy and then I'm not, not worthy. Worth, yeah. I have a, a question about that and you touched on it a little bit during the show about boundaries. Yeah. Mm. And um, now that you're you're coaching and helping women during such a sensitive time for women or such an empowering time for women, what are some of the things that have been coming up as far as boundaries go? Is it Yeah, there's a there's a lot there. I mean, for one thing, I think we we tend to kind of absorb cultural expectations and mm. not even we're not taught to ever take a step back and tune in and figure out what feels right for us. Like when I ask, you know, it's Completely. like we have to start by even figuring out what what are your boundaries? Because we don't know. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. we're like um, we have these ideas about, OK, by the third date, it's going to be weird if I don't at least want to make out with him or hook up with him or whatever. Right. Or like um, or if he's if he's texting me every day, I have a couple women right now in my group program who are like they've met these new guys they're really excited about. But these guys are like texting them nonstop after going on a date or two. And they're like, it really feels like too much. It feels overwhelming. It feels too whatever. It's turning me off. And to your point, Alex, it's like we haven't been taught how to let someone know that. And set that expectation, i.e. set a boundary. Also, it's like a new way of communicating. Right. That's crazy. Right. To think about it like that. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, again, we Mm. we don't know that we're allowed to be like, okay, if this isn't feeling good for me, that's valid. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't need to just accept, maybe you talk to your friends about it and they're like, that's not a problem. It's a good thing that he's texting you all the time. And it's like, okay, it's not that, it's not that one size fits all. Right. Yeah. Right. Boundaries are really personal. It has to do with the way that you're wired, love languages, attachment styles, yeah. your personal history, just preferences, desires, yeah. needs, all of that. And it's crazy because like with something like that, it's like you have to there's so much, I think, consideration for the other side. Right. So it's like, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah. So it's like, how do I take care of him? And it's like, well, I have to take care of myself first. Right. right. And yeah. like, I think that the focus goes on the other side and, and uh, at least for me <laughs> in the beginning of things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, or asking for something you need, you right. need more of, right? right. Boundaries also aren't just the things we say no to. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's everything that falls under like how you want to be treated. Yeah. So totally. we also think, um, we think that it's, we don't want to rock the boat or we don't want to make the other person uncomfortable or whatever. And yes, I completely agree that first and foremost, we have to take care of ourselves. And I'll add to that one, one reframe that's been really helpful for my clients too is like, it's, it's actually in service of the relationship. It's actually in the other person's, it's a gift to the other person and yeah. to the relation, potential of the relationship to speak up for what's not working for you, what you need, what you want, right? Like that's actually going to help that person win with you. Yeah. And for you to like them more and for you guys to get closer and to explore if you're actually compatible and, and you set an example for them to be able to do the same for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes the way that you communicate or bring up new. Yeah. Right. Right. So we just, we, we gotta, like we, we cannot create healthy, fun relationships without, We'll uh, end this episode by you telling all the listeners how mm. they can 
take a lesson with you or figure out how to become a client of yours. Yeah, sure. So the the kind of main foundation of my business is this group program I have, which is called Love Life Transformation. Cool. Mm. It's a 12-week group program. It's for single women, 20s and 30s, single women. Um, and it's it's so powerful. We go through all of the self-work, internal work, mindset, heart set, empowered dating approach, and relationship skills in 12 weeks. And we do it as a group. It's virtual. So women all over the place. Um, mm. And it's rad. It's There's like so much healing and empowering, you know, feelings and cheering each other on and sisterhood. And it's really That's beautiful. So cool. You can learn more at lltprogram.com for love life transformation program.com. You can apply from that site for a call with me or just follow me, you know, social. I'm sure we'll put the links. Yeah. We'll put all the links. Evan Rose, E-V-I-N rose everywhere real name you guys it's real it's real (laughs) and just reach out i do i do consults i do one-on-one coaching the group program i've got some new stuff launching next year as well so just just reach out is it face like is it face coaching like video okay Okay. um the the group program we do our weekly group calls over video so it's really feels like we're all hanging out cool um and one-on-one i just do over the phone I love it. I love it too. Thank you so much. Thank for you. Being on this our has show. been so great. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Anytime. So let down your guard. Unlock the